Welcome to Soupcast, coming to you from Archeo Soup Towers. By popular demand, we're taking selected videos from the Archeo Soup back catalogue and bringing them to you as convenient podcasts. As the name implies, with Archeo Soup, you get a bit of everything thrown into the pot archaeology, discussion, humour, and debate. You can find out more at archaeosoup.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our hearty helping of Archeo Soup. Hello, good morning, Liv and Reese. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you guys here together. It's kind of strange, actually. Um, but uh, but we're here to talk about an article which was recently shared on the um, Archaeosuit Facebook page, and that is to do with uh, sexual abuse, actually, uh, out in the field. Now, in a slightly broader scientific sense, but also specifically in the archaeological field uh, and field work. Um, it sparked a very... Um, polarised discussion on the Facebook page. Some people saying, oh, it doesn't happen at all. Other people saying it happens all the time. And um, we figured that this, this was important enough to try and, uh, to, well, just ha try and hash it out a bit, try and have a bit of a conversation. So I suppose, first of all, um, uh, Reese, since you posted the article, can you just uh, comment uh, and outline um, what, what you think the content was about? Um, absolutely. Well, uh, to begin with, um, it's based on uh, research done by Catherine Clancy, um, who works in Illinois in the United States. Um, basically, what the article is about is a, a can of worms, as it were, um, in sexual, what is um, portrayed as sexual assault, um, physical and mental assault. Um, and it's basically written about a the idea of abuses coming from all different parts of the archaeological field, um, specifically uh, in field work. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Now, um, as I say, the, the, the response was very polarised, and I suppose um, uh, to bring you in on this, Liv, um, do, you, do you think this do definitely does happen? I, I know it happens. Uh, I haven't been a victim myself, but I've heard a lot about it in the field. It doesn't happen all the time, as I'm aware, in Sweden, but it's definitely an issue. Mm. Um, and I have had friends affected, so right. it's an issue. <laughs> Right, I see. Well, I have to say, I, I've I've never been approached. Maybe I'm just not pretty enough with my beard. I don't know. But um, but uh, I know that this, that this kind of got uh, your back up a little bit, Reese. In so much as um, uh, you would, you, you seem to seem to have felt as though um, men were being unfairly portrayed in this in the discussion surrounding this. Well, yes. Um, it wasn't so much the way men were being portrayed in the article. In fact, that was exceptionally good. But the issue was based around some of the comments were talking about um, how it's these ivory tower, um, middle-aged or older-aged um, men preying on young, um, beautiful women um, in the field. And I don't think that's the case, and I certainly don't think that's what the article or the um, data was presenting. I've, I've sent some um, uh, data over to you. So it, that could be put up sometime. Um, also, what I feel is the case here is that uh, Catherine goes out of her way to get statistics from 600 people um, specifically and divides them female and male 
and what and the statistics end up to being 20 to 30 percent um, um, male victims. Now that's not saying that um, we should turn this into a gender debate. It's mm -hmm. not about gender. It is about sexual assault and assault of any kind being portrayed in an environment where it's very very easy to take advantage of um, a person. And I just think to to reiterate the point here is that um, within the first, and I'm quoting um, Catherine here, within the first month, 98 women and 23 men responded to the call um, of answering some questions, which is how the data was acquired, um, and it had a lot of troubling results, um, including everything from uh, sexual abuse, so physical sexual assault, um, including everything up until rape, um, and then going further into um, uh, sexual harassment, which I think sexual harassment is a more difficult one because every person has a different level of what is sexual harassment and what isn't sexual harassment. There are some very obvious ones, but I believe that this one can be kind of mediated between the individuals involved. But the most depressing thing about the article is the lack of support from higher up. Now, some of the people higher up betrayed these acts. However, all of the, um, the data shows that there are no um, there are no people to contact if if an incident like this happens. There's no setup to say, okay, if you ever feel like you're being sexually harassed, you need to go see. Um, X person here or Y person there, mm -hmm. which is exactly the same as um, the conversation they're having about the armed forces at the moment down here, um, going by rank. But anyway, um, I just feel that, yeah, it, it, it's the discussion based on sexual abuse of people and an abuse of power rather than a, an issue of male and female. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, uh, do you have anything to say on that, Liv? Just that I agree. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely an issue that I don't think should be gender-specific because it's such an, an obvious problem for both sides and it doesn't need to be sides in this issue because it's often a criminal act mm -hmm. and the issue itself should be discussed rather than turned into some gender discuss discussion of who got it worse. Mm. Okay. Well, in that sense, um, I'm glad to see that. Glad to see that 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 we're not contesting the existence of such abuse. That's brilliant, uh, and we're certainly not going. Ah, we have it worse, or you know, uh, or so on, based on our gender. But I suppose that the question then, the very obvious question, is what is what should happen? What is a good um, field work environment? Now, I, I certainly have uh, have. Um, some might say a slightly naive perspective whereby actually some of these issues just don't really occur to me. I don't mean that because I'm a man, but uh, Mrs. Soup is forever actually um, praising and shaking her head at me because I just don't think about actually the fact that the, that the world can be a rather difficult place depending on your gender. I, it just doesn't, I just see people, I don't tend to see genders uh, or, or to see, for example, the, the possibility for abuse in that sense, I guess. But, but what, what should be a, a good field work environment? What do you think, Liv? I think there has to be rules set up and you have to have the discussion early on so you open the climate for discussion about it because if you never talk about it, it will most likely go under the table 
and uh, have a person that is responsible to keep an eye out, especially in a field school situation. I've been in to a few field schools and I've worked in one. And it's an easy, easy situation for people to be victimized in because they're away from home, uh, we're all living in the same place, um, it's very casual uh, often and uh, sometimes the dyna dynamics get very tense since we're long hard days, a lot of sun, not too much water and we're all up in our faces all the time. Mm -hmm. So so in some ways um, having a formal uh, space where it's just acknowledged that this, this is a very particular working environment. You will mm -hmm. be pressured, you'll be stressed, and also you're going to be living in close, close quarters, which will lead to romantic tension, professional tension, so on. Um, what do you think of that, Reese? Do you think that, that, that having this formal structure is a good idea? I'm glad somebody hit the nail on the head there for me before I said anything, but um, I, I think that's um, the one of the main points which makes this a layer cake issue, where the archaeological field and all sciences that work in the field, which is this article is based on not just archaeology, I should mention, um, is that you are working in close proximity to other people and you are going into remote locations from time to time. Um, you are going to be sharing um, sleeping quarters sometimes with people of the opposite sex, sometimes same sex, it doesn't really matter. But the point of it is, is that it's not a normal nine to five office job working environment in all conditions. And in some respects, um, from when people go to universities, when you're going to these um, summer camps and um, archaeological, doing archaeological field work, um, there is pressure for people to, I suppose, find romance in these situations. And I would refer to one of the videos Indiana Bones done um, earlier, in a couple of years ago, I think. But um, we go on to basically acknowledge that um, these field, these digs can become messy in some ways. They can become fantastic memories in other ways because people do have um, romantic and sexual relations in them. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, there's a huge difference between consensual sexual activity um, in the field and sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. And it's up to each individual as to where they draw the line and then ask for help from somebody higher up, I think. Mm. I suppose it, it must in part come down to the expectation of romance. I mean, undeniably, archaeology is... Um, for want of a better word, it's a sexy subject. People sort of go, oh, archaeology, you know, I wish I was an archaeologist. Um, and, people. Well, exactly, and if you look at us three, we're, we're three of the most beautiful people in the world, but... Um, <laughs> no, no, but... <laughs> no, but more to the point, um, uh, there are, there's this that sort of passive expectation that, that, there's, that there'll be a sense of adventure, a sense of discovery, and um, perhaps, unfortunately, some people go to on archaeological um, excavations looking for it, I suppose looking for something more than just the academic or just the physical in terms of the finds. Um, I know that I know I've certainly seen that myself, I mean for example as you say live on, on field schools there have been situations where people essentially go out thinking oh wow I, could, I might be able to have some sort of summer romance in Cyprus or something like that. Um, and, uh, and I suppose what I find quite difficult about this and quite uncomfortable is that it's almost a shame that you're having to curtail those expectations. You're having to say to people, well, actually, no, no, we need to formalise this. Because on the one hand, it's quite nice to have that slightly romantic approach to archaeology. But I suppose as Reese is saying, there is a 
tremendous difference between uh, consensual relationships and being harassed. Um, I mean, what 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 would you um, what would you like to see uh, come out of this sort of discussion, uh, Liv? What what do you reckon would be a good result? I think a good result uh, would be to start some things that already happened during the discussion on the Facebook page that it is talked about because especially in academia it's very often hushed up mm. uh, you don't want to talk about it you want to keep a nice approach and you don't want to talk about that kind of problems within the institution or in your field schools because it looks really really bad mm -hmm. um, so you have to talk about it and you have to keep remembering that it's more important to talk about it and try to solve it and change the attitudes that allow this kind of things to happen uh, than to be embarrassed and just try to hush it all away. Mm, okay, uh, I see you nodding, Reese. What, what, what do you think of that? Well, that's true. That's that's the best way is to talk about it um, and having a zero, um, an on-site zero tolerance policy when it comes to any um, issues like this. However, um, when I said layer cake before, I mean that because there were two other um, problems that uh, this curtails that a normal uh, sexual assault case does not. Number one, when you're going to an archaeological site, it may not be in your own country. It may be in a country that is um, different culturally, um, maybe more conservative in some areas. Um, so if you're going to a site, for example, where um, local people have a more conservative view about sex and um, being dressed in a certain attire, things like that, um, that's going to create problems about coming out, um, for starters, plus the isolation. Um, and in the article it does say that um, 20 of the 600 complaints actually came from um, about local people, so local yeah. excavators and stuff, so a very small amount. So mm. we have to keep that in mind. It's not people in these countries. It's most of the time it's people that have come to this dig from probably the same country you're from. That's true, but nonetheless, I mean, I've definitely heard of um, of people, for example, digging in the Middle East. You know, girls being attacked or whatever because they're wearing um, clothes which are deemed to be inappropriate. You know, I don't mean attack, but certainly uh, abuse. You know, having abuse thrown at them by well, by people. Zahi Hawass has been accused, um, and um, a personal friend of mine had a female. Um, colleague who went over to Egypt and claimed that she was attacked by Zahi Hawass himself and when she didn't, um, I suppose, submit to his... Uh, Advances. Yeah, mm. yeah. The, um, he, she, she found herself on a plane very quickly after that, kicked out by the antiques authorities there. But this is my now, point. It's worth my just very briefly it's saying, out. obviously, we're not actually saying that that's necessarily absolutely true we're not we're not that's accusing not, him yeah. <laughs> like, it, was it was an accusation yes. there's nothing more to it allegedly than that. yeah um but yes that's the first part of the layer cake is that it is can happen in areas which are going to be isolated the second part of that layer cake does happen in normal sexual assault is that one of proof mm -hmm. now sexual assault cases are notorious for being unable to prove in some cases um, even so far as um, people saying there's victim blaming involved, which there is on occasions in areas. But um, my issue is is that if you are out in isolation once again, um, even if you do get someone to take you seriously and you are saying, I've been sexually assaulted by X, Y and Z, um, 
how how do you go about proving it in mm. in some ways? I mean, we do have rape kits and things like that, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be very very hard. Well, that is true, and and to be, I mean, as you say, that that is a broader legalistic issue. Um, sexual assault is notoriously difficult to prove. It essentially comes down to one person against another and their word. Um, but I suppose coming back from from proof and I mean, you know, we've already accepted that this stuff happens. Um, something that, that that comes to mind is whether or not there needs to be an active attempt to, for want of a better word, break the power and break the power structure of academics. And that is to say, an awful lot of people will feel as though they have to please their academic seniors in order to get on in this in this very competitive archaeological academic world uh, or in, in the broader sciences as well um, if you get on the wrong side of your tutor if you annoy the committee on the uh, on the, um, uh, the the journal that you're writing to you may not get published your career may well uh, in that moment you may feel as though it may well end um, do you think that there needs to be a formal way of, of actually challenging these power structures? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bring Liv back in on that. What do you think, Liv? Absolutely. It's, uh, especially in the academic world, it's a real issue with if you have a, a tutor or a professor and, I mean, they can basically uh, say that if you, if you don't keep quiet or if you don't agree to this, I'll, well, you're f***ed. Mm. <laughs> The, your grades will go. I will set your grades, and I won't get 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 you a good one. And you have to be able to challenge this, and maybe anonymous. Mm. Uh, so you at at least in the beginning, so you don't have the fear of if the repercussions straight away. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can get into the process of working out what has happened before the victim gets punished. Mm. Mm. Okay. So maybe having a uh, because actually that's a discussion that's happening at the moment, certainly in Britain. I don't know if, if, if both of you will be aware, but there's been ongoing revelations, for example, about, say, Rolf Harris. I know Reese knows about this. Um, where part of the discussion is whether or not people deserve anonymity uh, until they're proven to be, for example, um, mm -hmm. assaulters or whatever. Um, so you think maybe not just, not just a, a blunt smashing of this power structure, but rather something which is nuanced and... Uh, serves everyone as best as, po as possible. Absolutely. Mm, okay. Uh, what, what do you think, Reese? Would you be happy with that, uh, with a, you know, a formal structure for challenging this, you know, the primacy of, of academic uh, pyramid uh, sort of power structures? I would, but um, one thing in the article that did concern me was uh, the recommendation of more um, female uh, head archaeologists on projects. Um, I don't think that gender should necessarily come into who should be head archaeologist, but I do think potentially there should be uh, more head archaeologists in some ways. One, one person who deals directly with the site and the archaeology, one person who is in charge of the logistics, and then another person who's in charge of, I suppose, um, the... Uh, dealing with people, dealing, dealing on the almost the yeah. pastoral care element kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, then you've got three different people there who you should be able to at least approach one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it should be because if if you were just putting one female or male director above everybody else and your complaint goes through to them, there is no guarantee based on their gender that a they're going to take you seriously and B, that they'll actually do anything about it. 
True, and I suppose just to clarify your point, you were saying that you don't like the, the, the prescription of more women specifically being heads of these. No, so it's not, it's not again, obviously you're not against the idea of more women, it's more prescribing a structure. Otherwise it's good that you and live on, live on opposite side of the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, um, no, it, it's it's purely based on the fact that I think the right people need to be given to the right jobs. Mm -hmm. I don't care about gender, and I think a lot of the time um, this isn't in archaeology. This is more of a general comment. Women are looked over for other reasons, which is the problem. It's not based on their their work ethic and things that should get them the job. It's based on the fact that if they get pregnant. You know, they'll have to be paid pregnancy leave and things like that. That's what companies are worried about. Archaeology is a little different, but we are probably one of the only disciplines around the world where I think the numbers are relatively equal. Um, in I think if, if not actually more, more women. I mean, there were certainly more women on, on my course when I did my, my first degree. Um, I mean, I just say... Actually, go into practical archaeology That's when they're thinking. Well, yes, good point, good point, yeah, okay. You can study a subject that doesn't mean you get to work in it. <laughs> That's true, that's very true. Indeed, I, I studied cheese making and. <laughs> You're not a cheesemaker? I'm gutted. Um, but no. <laughs> uh, well, on that bombshell, I'm, I'm into cheese making. I'm not really. Um, but <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's probably a, a good place to bring this discussion to a close. It's been, it's been quite a long discussion. Uh, and if uh, depending on what people's response to this is, we may well come back to this. I assume mm -hmm. you're both up for that. Um, but I'm quite pleased with, with, with what we've touched on here. And hopefully... As you say, if nothing else, it just helps people to talk about this stuff. The more places there are to 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 just have a forum to discuss it openly without some um, some assumption of of I suppose finger pointing. That's one of the things that, that some people seem to be quite scared of when it comes to this issue. Uh, I think the better, you know, if people can just say, "Oh yeah, well this happens. Here's how we might be able to solve it." Um, I think that's probably a good thing. Uh, well, in that case, uh, thank you so much for your time, uh, both Reese and Liv. Now, just be, uh, at the moment, what happens is you sort of shrink on the screen. So, first of all, bye bye, Reese. And then, bye bye, Liv. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, um, will she pop up? Oh, no, she hasn't popped up. Never mind. Okay, right. Well, as I say, until next time, um, let's just see what happens. And uh, as ever, do take care, everyone at home. Uh, please do comment below. Have a bit of a discussion. What do you think about these issues? Obviously, they're important. Um, but to what extent um, do they demand uh, drastic change in the field? Um, I think we've certainly made our points clear today, but um, let's see what you guys think. Bye-bye. Um,